This is the Final Third Podcast, a soccer podcast that talks about everything that happens outside the 90 minutes, from roster construction and transfers to soccer culture, politics, and business. On today's episode, I'm joined by Jordan from the Stateside Soccer Show, and we give every Premier League team their 2023 New Year's resolutions. We recorded this last Wednesday, so the stats are not up to date with the weekend's games, but our resolutions stay the same. And of course, rest in peace to Pele, the most influential footballer of his time. Soccer around the world, in Brazil, and even here in America would not be the same without him. The episode is dedicated in his honor. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. My name is AJ Tabura, a fan of West Ham United. Unfortunately, we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. Uh, Minnesota United, the U.S. national teams. uh, And I'm joined by not Jack, because Jack is in sunny, warm California, leaving me in cold, cold Minnesota. But I'm joined by someone else from a very cold state. I'm joined by a man who is absolutely joyful during this holiday season, ecstatic that Chelsea found a comprehensive win despite referee Simon Hooper's efforts. Yeah, he's a, a podcast renaissance man, one might say, with 10 podcasts and counting. Jordan, Something like that. <laughs> Jordan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, really it's appreciate it. Yeah, it has been. We, we needed to get you back on and, you know, you're filling in for Jack. Very appreciative of that. Just like Jack, however, you are a fan of Chelsea. What other what other teams are you a fan of? Uh, Philadelphia Union in MLS, uh, U.S. men's national team. And, you know, I, I, I like the German national team as well. I have German heritage. Mm-hmm. My first jersey was a Michael Ballack jersey. So that, you know, that that sticks with me. Yeah. Awesome. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I've lost a lot of my connection with Chelsea. Really? Recently, yeah. I mean, it got a little better with with Todd Bowley coming in, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I I can't stand our fans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> not that we'll talk about it today, probably, but I can't stand our Chelsea fans. <laughs> really glad to have you here. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the Premier League and all the teams since it just came back. You know, Boxing Day and all the fixtures just wrapped up. Leeds United, Manchester City uh, just finished up basically just an hour ago so we're going to talk a little bit about that but before we do that uh some housekeeping things as everyone knows twitter at final third show final third show.com got such a such a great new website we actually just revamped it and uh speaking of revamps uh we have a new format change we have a new logo uh thank you to everyone that has reached out uh saying their support we actually got a ton of uh, DMs and replies saying that they they like the change. I don't think there's a ton of podcasts that are just kind of focused more on the the transfers, the the sports business side of things. So we're really glad that we have kind of a, a niche going and people appreciate it. So thank you for the support. And yeah, Jordan is here. We're going to be talking about some New Year's resolutions. Uh, when this episode comes out, it'll be the dawn of 2023, which means that Everyone will be writing New Year's resolutions. Some will be checked off proudly, while others, I'm guessing mainly fitness related, will meekly fade <laughs> into the background. Uh, Disappear today, the first day. <laughs> yeah, basically. First week, you know, all the gyms are open and filled. Around February, it's back to regular scheduled business. But in terms of the Premier League, I mean, there's plenty of chances for teams to get on a, a great start now that the new year's starting. And we thought we'd give all 20 Premier League teams their New Year's resolutions, the things that they should be aiming for, uh, the goals that they should be setting out themselves, either 
at towards the back half of the season or looking into uh, the next season. Maybe they need a new player or coach, or maybe they just need to figure out their game plan and win a few games and survive relegation. But Jordan, before we get into that, I have a question for you. What are your personal uh, resolutions, if you have any? Oh, geez, I didn't know this was going to be turned on uh, to me. I know, um, I know. <laughs> this wasn't in the rundown. Um, geez, I, I don't really know. I guess I have some writing New Year's resolutions because I've so as a kid, I've always wanted to be a writer, not uh-huh. like a like a novel writer, but. So I've kind of mapped out how I want my year to go in, in that regard. And, and I'd like to keep to it is, is probably what it'd be. Yeah. And also, you know, the typical lose some weight type things. But <laughs> course, yeah. 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 Anything related to a uh, state cider stoppage time soccer podcast? Yeah, we ha- yeah, we have some goals there for like growing, right? Yeah, um, of course. Growing more followers. Um, we actually want to submit and become like... Uh, you know, getting like the the press passes for for some of the games oh, yeah, and stuff. Awesome. So we so we might we might try that for like, um, like Philly and maybe Orlando since we both live around those. Yeah, wow, that's that'd be really exciting. Yeah, I I think for uh for me personally, I'll have to ask Jack when he comes back on the show. Uh, yeah, a lot related to the final third. Uh, now that we have kind of a, a more open schedule uh, on our books, hoping to to keep to our schedule and, and not miss any recordings and really get some guests in, get some cool topics uh, into the, the discussions and really go ahead with that. I also uh, run a YouTube channel for those of you who don't know and looking to take that to the next level as I kind of did in 2021. And of course, I am, I guess the big one that actually matters is the fact that I'm uh, I'm graduating from college <laughs> this coming semester. Oh, yeah. And so just kind of, you know, going into adulthood and hopefully not, not, uh, not drowning and flailing around and you know waiting water so to speak so those are my resolutions but i think it's time to get into some of the premier league's uh new year's resolutions for 2023 jordan i have a wheel of fortune here with all 20 teams in the premier league i'll spin the wheel and then we'll talk about that team i I actually just uh, spun it and the first team that we'll talk about jordan is Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, a little bit of an unfortunate start there. They're pretty much towards the bottom, 18th place relegation fodder at this point, but a lot can change, especially with the new year. So Jordan, what is your New Year's resolution for Wolverhampton? Mine is stability. It's okay. like a big picture thing. This club and another club, um, kind of similar for me because they go through managers like, crazy uh wolves have had nine managers in nine years they did have one for like they they did have one for that lasted you know a little longer nuno lasted you know the longest out of all of them but Uh i i just feel like they always move on pretty quickly so i was thinking like getting a structure like an actual structure um for wolves like big picture wise because they just always seem to to struggle yeah i Kind of, kind of took it uh, the same way with something that's just really kind of general, and that's just start scoring goals. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like Wolves right now. Uh, I mean, I, I, they've only scored ten goals, which I think is like the the least of any Premier League team. And you, you mentioned the new manager, uh, Lopetegui, took over in mid November, and it's been I, I think a little bit better, but they still have Hee Chen Huang 
who scored five last year, zero goals scored this year. Uh, their strikers, Diego Costa, who I always forget is playing for Wolves, and their stri- other striker, Raul Jimenez, also zero goals. And so they're thinking about bringing Cunha in from Atletico Madrid, who also for Atletico Madrid has not scored any goals, but hopefully he's kind of a spark. And I, I, yeah, I, my basic uh, New Year's resolution for them is to find some way to score more goals. If that's a tactical change or bring in Cunha, like something has got to change. And I think you're right there. Like, I think stability goes a long way into getting better play out of Wolver- Wolves because it's kind of hard to get into a group of things, start scoring goals if, you know, you're going to fire a manager or if things look rocky and, you know, they they fire him halfway through March. Like, I don't think that's going to help anybody. But to, to wrap Wolves up, Jordan, do you think that they're going to find that stability? Do you think they're going to survive relegation or do you think that they're one of the three clubs to go down? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I'm leaning towards them going down. Really? Right? Okay. Uh, th- that's the way I'm leaning. To me, I know we're like a little different in the season this year because of the because of the World Cup. So maybe we'd have a little bit more games played, right? By now, yeah. We're only at sixteen games played for them. They sit bottom. They're only one point from safety. But I just have more faith in the teams above them than I do. Now, of course, that all depends on what like Lobategi brings to this club. But, you know, if I look at like, I don't want to spoil any of my resolutions for anybody else, <laughs> but I, you know, the, the clubs above them are, is in equal trouble, I guess. But when you look at how many goals they concede and how little they score, that's where it comes down to it for me. Right. Like they, they've only scored 10, like you said, but they give up 25 while you look yeah. at Everton who you know, have scored 12, only given up 19. Now you have leads that give up 29, but score 23. So right. that's where their issue mainly lies. Like you said, S- score goals, don't give up as many goals. I don't want right. to break it down like I'm on, you know, like some color commentator on on like a <laughs> NFL football or something yeah. where it's just very simple. Whoever scores the most <laughs> wins, but they need to restrict the goals that they're giving up and they need to score more. And uh, I, I see them going down. All right. I Well, 538 also agrees with you. Looking at the stats, they have a 43% chance of going down, which is the third most. I won't spoil who the other two teams are, but I mean, I'm sure a lot of listeners can guess who that is. Uh, but speaking of the teams that are above Wolves, uh, another team that is actually directly above Wolves, or not directly, but above Wolves at this point, is West Ham United, which is a team that I support uh, begrudgingly. But Jordan, I want to hear what your New Year's resolution is. I always like to hear uh, other people's thoughts about West Ham because I feel like, at least in the American soccer sphere, there aren't a lot of West Ham fans on Twitter talking about West Ham, at least that that are in our circles. So what, what do you think about West Ham? What's your New Year's resolution? Mine is kind of similar to your Wolves one. They got to score goals, right? <laughs> they're ranked 17th in goals scored, yeah. but they're ranked 7th in goals conceded. So when I look at it, and I'm looking at their rankings on all this stuff, it, it's it, when you see their top goal scorer is uh, Ben Rama with three, right? Yeah. Like, it's not going super well in the, <laughs> no. in the goal scoring no. department, but they're also not conceding that many. You know, they're in the top percentiles there. So for me, 
I look at it and say they got to try to, you know, figure out that aspect of it right now. Of course, they just lost Monday by conceding three and only scoring one. But when they're going up against teams like uh, like Fulham, which was a friendly where they Mm -hmm. drew one one, you know, um, losing to Leicester, who's been on a bad run. Right. Yeah. Um, Two nil stuff like that. I I think they just got to start scoring more goals. They're not giving up a lot, but they're they're just not able to get on the other side of it. I know your resolution that you gave an example of when you were telling me the (laughs) plot of this. I wonder if that's what you went with or if that was just an example, but uh, I have faith in West Ham. I do. If they can just score some goals, I'm not too worried about them getting relegated compared to some of these other teams. I I really appreciate your optimism. It makes me a lot happier to know that, that hopefully uh, I, I'm not the, the most pessimistic one about West Ham, uh, which is nice. I agree that scoring goals, I mean, that's what soccer is all about, right? And having Antonio, who has been kind of on a downwards trend since last year, uh, be the main striker because uh, Skamaka has been injured, just got re-injured uh, in a friendly by actually a, a former center back, uh, Issa Diop, uh, in the Fulham uh, friendly that you just mentioned. And, you know, a lot of other attacking players either getting injured or just being out of form. Uh, ben Rama ha- has been a, a nice uh, revelation, even though Moyes doesn't like him. Uh, Paqueta I, it did really well in the World Cup, in my mind, but has not really translated that to West Ham uh, scoring outputs or assisting outputs. So definitely agree with you there. Uh, but in terms of what I think should happen, and you're right, I, I gave I gave you an example for a, a type of resolution and I stuck with it. I, I think at this point, West Ham either need to change like wholesale change something or they just need to get a new manager. And so my resolution is uh, David Moyes, current manager, outs some other manager in because it, to me, it's it's like the same thing every game. They either start off OK and then collapse thanks to mistakes like we saw against arsenal or they never really get going until the 70th minute in which case it's too late you look at the stats and 2022 has been terrible only 11 Premier league wins in 2022 we have 10 losses in 16 games it just seems like it's incredibly stale play play from david Moyes, who consistently fails to make uh, tactical switches mid-game whether it's substitutions or just adapting to changes that opposition makes after halftime and I was a big fan of David Moyes. I, I like the fact that we were in Europa and Europa Conference League. But yeah, at, at this point, if relegation is, you know, becoming more and more likely after every game, it's kind of hard to ignore that there's one man in charge that has been kind of the 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 never changing variable and kind of have to shrug your shoulders and say, maybe it's time. Jordan, do you, have, do you have any thoughts on that? Am I too pessimistic here? Maybe. Uh, the only thing I would I would say maybe even optimistic, too optimistic, in, in the okay. sense of getting a top manager or or a good manager for West Ham. Not that like they can't draw them, I guess, but I, I when I look at who's available, sometimes wondering like who would take the West Ham, like who would you consider is a top a top manager that can come. Cause I feel like at this point you might have to go young and try to find that top manager at this, at this point. The, the thing that I have been thinking about, I've, I've been reading a uh, soccer which is a, a book about uh, 
kind of what this podcast is all about, you know, the economics, the business side of soccer. And one of the things that they point out is a really big deal when it comes to finding managers is teams going after managers way too soon after firing the last one. I, I'm kind of in favor of doing, I mean, not doing the other stuff that Manchester United did, but what they did with uh, bringing uh, Ralph Ragnick in as an interim manager and spending a lot of time finding a manager, finding kind of a, a, a kind of a path for the team to go in the future. And so if it means just finding a, a, a really basic interim manager, I don't know, Big Sam or something just for like these next five months and then spending the five months and, you know, the remaining however months it takes to find a permanent manager just to make sure that the who we choose is the right one, then that's great. It, it's, it doesn't answer your question because I don't have one in mind. There might be managers that yeah. become available in the future. But I, I think I think like the journey to the manager matters more than the, the manager itself right now. But uh, a team that is also hoping to kind of find themselves here is Manchester United. So we're going from the, the, the bottom of the table to a little bit uh, higher up. I believe uh, they're in fifth place or so. So Jordan, what do you want Manchester United to do in the new year? I want them to invest wisely. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. They like going out and buying players sometimes that don't fit. They buy players for huge sums of money, or they lose out on players because they're not willing to go a certain price point. I, I think I, I think I just saw they were being linked to somebody from Portugal. I think it was. I, I I can't remember. I was looking at it today, but they were being linked to somebody that for like sixteen million, which is the exact amount that they saved from um, getting rid of Ronaldo's contract or something. Yeah. But it almost felt like the way that it was being phrased is that they weren't willing to go the 16 million. And, and at that point, it's like, if it's already stuff you saved, yeah. right? Like you might as well, that money was already earmarked. So you might as well just go for it, right? Like, mm-hmm. You might as well just go for it, get the thing, get the player before another team swoops in and maybe does meet that price point And you're left getting your second or third best option which I feel like United's done quite a lot in their past. Um, So I would say continue their improvements. You know, Uh, I don't think many people saw them being above Liverpool at this point in the season. Um, After all the fun that, you you know, Manchester United gets made fun of um, with their manager situation, with the Ronaldo situation, and still they've persevered and are above Liverpool, Chelsea, you know, teams that were expected to probably be better off and have more more money and you know their money situation is different because they're looking to maybe sell they also just triggered where they are buying out the shirt sponsor and are Mm -hmm. going to try to get another one so if that's the case um right now they're low on that shirt sponsor money if they had to pay it off and looking for a new sponsor but yeah just invest wisely is, is the way I'd yeah. put it for, for 2023. I do I do agree. And to that point, uh, United were also in for PSV's Cody Gakpo uh, this window. And obviously he just recently uh, uh, finished a move to Liverpool. So to that point of you know, not wanting to spend money, uh, to some point, I, th- I think it was one of uh, United's weaknesses in the past. It was you know being too, too easily separated from their money. Uh, and so... 
Yeah, so yeah. they've tried to change that, I guess. You know, like, you know, yeah. how much they were spending on, like, Pogba. And, and they would just pay, like, silly money to bring people in. And then they're mm-hmm. like, we got to stop this. But also, then you're going to end up losing out to some of those players. Yeah. <laughs> that you want. Yeah, it, definitely. A, it could be a, a double edged sword uh, either way. Uh, but I, I think um, my resolution is to uh, yeah, invest smartly. And I think a lot of that comes from adapting to a post Ronaldo world uh, for the team and also more broadly getting new owners, because I, I think to the Ronaldo point, you know, this is an opportunity to find a player that fits the system that they want to build rather than get a player that they build their system to fit, which is a, a very big difference. And I, I think that where they were before with trying to fit Ronaldo in, trying to switch their play in order to kind of have him in the spotlight, get him touches, really wasn't working. And against Nottingham Forest on Tuesday, they came out with a front four of Anthony Fernandez, Rashford, Martial, who all, I think, looked good. Yes, it was against Nottingham Forest, but uh, I think Fernandez just in general has looked really good without Ronaldo, both for Portugal and Manchester United. Uh, but they need a consistent striker to be found. There's a lot of different picks that people have suggested. Uh, I, for one, as long as he doesn't get banned for like three years, is Ivan Tony. I think he kind <laughs> of has a, a a a little bit of characteristics that would you know kind of help this Manchester United team. I think he's a he's a, obviously a regular goal scoring threat, which is the big one. But he's also a nice threat on set pieces and strong in the air. But it is it is hard to find another financially mismanaged Premier League team to the level of Manchester United. So I think my even beyond just finding a striker is just. I mean, the Glazers do have to like sell in order for this team to be successful, in my mind. I, I don't think there's yeah. any r- real way around it. And the way I I, I said this on stoppage time uh, a while ago, but there was when we were talking about United, it's always such a funny situation. This was before. I guess Ragnick and stuff, right? Is uh-huh. I said you almost have to treat them like I would almost just treat them as if okay, you're not going to be winning the title in the next two or three years, but gut the team, give the manager or whoever you're going to put in control full control uh-huh. for like a three to five year period, and let them build this thing like back up, and just know we're not com- and even tell the fans over there, hey, during this time. We're not going to be winning the title for this year or next year. We're looking long term, which might frustrate some of them, but it's a lot better than trying to what I feel like they're doing. Plug any sort of cracks with their fingers in the well, you know, like mm-hmm. a, like a dam is collapsing <laughs> and they're just plugging the leaks, uh, trying to pay like a 100 million for this guy, you know, whatever, as they're trying to fix whatever's wrong. And it just hasn't been working. And then. They kind of did that with bringing in Ragnick, having him be like a what advisor, right? And then yeah. bringing in um, what Ten Hag, right? And then uh, slowly being able to where it looks like this might be working. Ronaldo was a problem. They sided it with the manager. They got him out of there. Like that's something that may not have happened, <laughs> right? Just a few years ago. The the term here is trust the process, which is what Arsenal ha- have been doing, and they obviously have found some success with just building for the future, really giving the young players uh, s- some time to grow and working to get rid of Deadwood and bringing in some better players, but understanding that for one or two seasons, there's going to be a layover where they're not going to be as competitive as other teams. 
very important. And I think that it's also something that Manchester United should do. But will they do? I guess that's up to them at this point. It's out of our hands. We've, we've given our advice. Uh, but moving across the city, actually, to Manchester City, I did not... I did not plan this, but it just so happened to be the case <laughs> that we're going to the other Manchester club this time in blue. Uh, I, I can start off since, since uh, yeah, you've been starting off the other few teams. But my New Year's resolution for Manchester City is, I mean, pretty plainly, win the Champions League and the Premier League because they absolutely can do that. Right? Everywhere you look, there's talent on the city side. We just finished watching the Leeds United Manchester City game, and they undeniably have the best striker in the world right now. Holland with 20 league goals in 14 games. I tweeted it. If he just stopped playing any more minutes this season, he would have the golden boot in, f I think, five or so of, of the Premier League seasons in the past. <laughs> like, like he's already here. It's it's before the new year. We played less games than usual uh, up like at this point of the year, and still. He's there. But you also have Julian Alvarez, who's coming off an amazing World Cup. Foden, Grealish, Gunduan, Bilva, a generational talent in Kevin De Bruyne in a back line where you stick any four players on and they're probably going to get you a win. Uh, they are currently a step behind Arsenal, but I think they have the depth and the talent to really take the competition towards them, uh, especially when both of their games in the league are yet to be played. So there's tons of opportunities to just make up any six-point gap they might find themselves in going into the future. And that's the same with the Champions League. 538 always overrates them, but they are the second most likely to win the entire competition behind Bayern Munich. And when you have Holland and that team and Pep Guardiola at the helm, it's kind of hard to see like them not ending the season with at least one of those major trophies and seeing it still as a successful season. I think that's it just it's kind of something they have to do. Jordan, do you have, are you of the same mind or do you have a completely well, different resolution? This is going to be salty, but I just hope they never win the Champions League with <laughs> Guardiola there. That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> I just think it's funny he hasn't won one since Barcelona. Yeah. But anyway, um, I guess mine was patience, right? Okay. Uh, they're, yes, they're, they're down to Arsenal right now, right? But Halan's going to probably break the record. That's what we're talking about here. He only needs... What like fourteen? I think so. I think the goals, fifteen 34. goals. Yeah. So fifteen to break, fourteen to tie it. That's another fourteen games for him. He might break this with like eight games to spare. Yeah. Is how insane he is. Um. Yeah. Did you see the United caller calling in to talk sports, saying him and KDB are not world class? I people are delusional. Yeah. But <laughs> this kid. <laughs> is like so young comes over here and just tears it up it's amazing um but patience uh the the other teams above them will falter all right newcastle is not going to stay second arsenal mm -hmm. is not going to stay first i can almost guarantee that because they're missing a very key player right now gabriel jesus so for me it's just patience keep doing what they're doing halan's going to break the record and they're probably going to win uh, another title all right. I, I like it. Kind, kind of uh, on the same coin here. Yeah. You're a little bit more, uh, you know, it's going to come. And I'm like, it better come. I, I like the, the two perspectives here. 
uh, and speaking of Manchester City playing Leeds, actually, we are going to talk about Leeds now. I, I don't know where these these seamless transitions are coming from, but Leeds United, who is this uh, still the wheel that you're spinning? Yeah, I'm, I'm spinning the wheel. I, I'm serious. It, it's it's just <laughs> the, the wheel of fortune. They just know what the best uh, segue is. Yeah, literally. But Leeds United, they find themselves in 15th place. Jordan, what is Leeds United's uh, resolution? All right, I kind of did a joke one for this. I said buy more Americans. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I like it, though. I really do. I really do. Or even like, you know, buying MLS players. Kai Wagner, they've been linked to for quite a bit. I mm-hmm. think he could help the team as much as that would suck as a union fan. Um, but, you know, they definitely need, I would say, more defense, right? Yes, <laughs> They're struggling absolutely. with that. And I think they need a better striker. Than Patrick Bamford, who is very streaky and will miss tons of chances. Um, How many times have like Aronson or Adams contributed um, something that should have been a goal or whatever, and Bamford hasn't put it away? So that's that's something. Now, I don't know if Leeds has the money to go get like a, a better striker as well as shoring up some of the defense. So. I don't know, but buy more Americans. That makes it more fun for us over here. So that's that's the that's I, the I, one. I I agree. I remember when Christian Pulisic was uh, linked to them mm-hmm. a, a couple of transfer windows ago, and people were mad about it then. But you know, now that Leeds America is happening, you know, full America is over. I don't know. Well, actually, definitely not. But I think I think will be fun. I I basically went kind of the the same as you. I said start keeping clean sheets buy a striker doesn't have to be american could be american i don't know uh but i i said like uh junior furpo who they bought i mm-hmm. believe last season uh as at left back has been honestly very bad uh they've been playing with, with uh, strauch at left back but he's best as a center back and so you know i i feel like in order to shore up that defense you got to bring a left back like kai wagner you know yeah and if you bring wagner in he attributes to the attack as yeah. well as can defend so he could get the ball up to a striker or maybe create chances for you know secondary balls to go into mm-hmm. the back of the net um but they they definitely need to shore up the defense uh th- this is something that has not just been a jesse marsh thing this was under bielsa you know yeah. this is and, and it's not just their style they play part of it is that right that they're a little bit more free-flowing attacking but Bielsa was more so that but um they they just continue to give up goals yeah and they also aren't scoring as many goals as they they should like you mentioned with Patrick Bamford not being you know his ability is not really there but I'd also argue that you know the best ability in soccer is availability and he's only played 19 games in the last two seasons thanks to a lot Lots of, injuries. of injuries yeah, yeah. So and th- therefore they have to find themselves like painfully mid table when it comes to, like the goal scored table. So, yes, a new striker is needed. I don't know if they're going to get that right away. I think the defense might be a more pressing issue, but eventually they got to bring in, I don't know, Josh Sargent or something with the Americans. You know what I mean? <laughs> got to bring in uh, Peapox good where he is. But, you know, s- someone, someone leads out there. United States. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We need more of that. We're just going to go to Everton. Uh, so we go from. <laughs> From kind of happiness of Leeds United uh, buying Americans to the deep depression that Everton kind of find themselves in. Jordan, what 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 does Everton need to do in this 2023 to kind of turn the ship around here? 
Uh, move on from Lampard was my, okay. <laughs> was I like it. Mine. I like it. Um, look, I didn't think he did great at Chelsea, right? Um, he did okay at he did good at at Derby, right? But um, he didn't do so great at Chelsea. I think at Everton, he hasn't really been great either. I mean, if we look back to when like Ancelotti was the manager, right? Mm-hmm. They were tenth place in twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. Uh, since you know they did like uh, Carlo bolted right, so I I get I get that right. He bolted for uh, Madrid. Yeah, left them high and dry. They were kind of probably bought into him being there for a bit. He left, and now they had to bring in uh, Lampard. And since then, um, it hasn't been great. They barely avoided relegation last year, and they're pretty much in the same exact spot this year. Starting off, they haven't won since October 22nd over Crystal Palace. Yikes. Before that, they hadn't won since October 1st. Um, they've only scored 12 goals, which is 0.8 goals per match. And they concede 1.2 per match, which does rank six, by the way. So this is another team that, you know, just score goals. But it seems like it might be deeper than just the manager, of course, mm-hmm. right? with the talent they're able to bring in, but Carlo was able to bring some of those players in, but when he left, some of those players left. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I just don't know if Lampard really has the capability to be a premier league manager at this point in his career. He did well with Darby. That was like one year. He makes the and leap the to Chelsea. Yeah. He makes the leap to Chelsea in over his head, uh, gets let go. And, is immediately back with another Premier League team. He might have to go cut his teeth more in the championship, uh-huh. in my opinion. Um, but some of those managers that have names just get, you know, handed more opportunities. Um, like Arteta, who actually hadn't coached like anything. And then, yeah. you know, that that kind of paid off for Arsenal so far. But I don't know. I, I think uh, it might be time to move on from Lampard. I think maybe you reset and get, if you're Everton, get a world-class manager. You used to have that name, you know? Um, you used to be a good club. Uh, the last time they were close to relegation like this constantly was what? Before Moyes took over? Yeah. Like years ago. Yeah. And then he st- stabilized them. Uh, and then they've kind of gone through it a little bit. But I don't know. It just doesn't look good for them. Yeah, I I 100% agree, but I actually wanted to take it a little bit further because I, I, I agree. I, I've never been a, a big fan of, of Frank Lampard, uh, but I, I honestly think this is a lot larger than the manager. Because you mentioned, you know, Ancelotti getting 10th place. I look at that and I say Ancelotti only got 10th place and he brought in like, you know, James Rodriguez, a lot of really great players. But, you know, who's the one that's came up with like this this game plan who came up with uh buying certain players who is hiring and firing these players it, you know it's the ownership and i've said it time and time again uh moshiri is a terrible chair chairman uh the way that he gets in the way of this team is just to the detriment of it no inspiration no game plan throughout seasons upon seasons and some of the recent transfers uh mcneil uh Malpay, just really, really bad transfers. They all, all fell flat. Everton has spent half a billion pounds on players recently. That is throughout a bunch of different managers. That's not necessarily the manager's fault, even though a lot can be attributed to them. But that is 
you know, Moshiri and ownership letting that happen. And the truth is, is that it does start on the top because Moshiri is hiring these managers. He's letting Lampard do what Lampard's doing. You know, bringing Lampard in, in the first place, I think, was a mistake. You know, if they want long term stability, in my mind, I think they're going to have to be OK with short term chaos and a change of leadership up top, because I feel like that's the only way they can save themselves. Maybe not from relegation. I feel like if they're going to get relegated, they're going to get relegated. If they don't get relegated, then, you know, that's cool, too. But from, you know, terminal decline, they got to kind of revamp their broken engine, starting with the ownership. Uh, but speaking of Frank Lampard, uh, the next team is actually Chelsea. So again, <laughs> with these crazy, crazy transitions. Uh, but I, I, I can start off with this one since uh, I, you gave West Ham's uh, resolution first. I think my resolution, it's a little bit of a joke, but kind of serious. It's just like figure out how to best utilize Pulisic. And this is me being very uh, biased because I'm a U.S. men's national team fan. But it's no secret that Potter is a lot higher on Pulisic than Tuchel was. And when he played as a left winger in a front four of him, Mounts, Havertz, and Sterling uh, uh, this past this past week against Bournemouth, he played real well, almost drawing a penalty and scoring a disallowed goal that wasn't his fault. But uh, I fr frankly, I, I do think that that is the front four uh, that needs to be the front four of the, the season, uh, you know, moving forward. But if Potter continues to use Tuchel's tradition of using Pulisic as a Swiss army knife of a player, then I think it's more worth selling him to another team and leaning in on other attacking talent. I mean, they just, you know, signed a, a new striker, David Fofana, maybe move Havertz somewhere else. Uh, but and this all stems from the fact that Pulisic has shown time and time again that when he's set up to succeed, he ends up succeeding. And so, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, Lampard, uh, he was able to get the most out of Pulisic. I, I, I think you either have to choose whether you want to play him in his best position or sell him, because I think the in-between zone that he's been in the last year has not been helpful for either Chelsea economically nor Peel six developments. So that's where I stand on Peel six as always. But uh, that, that's what I think Chelsea should do. Bias, but whatever. No, I agree with you in that sense because um, th this is part of the reason why I feel like I've lost a little bit of connection with Chelsea is is one the fans' treatment of, of Pulisic, and then how much he doesn't get a chance at times. Right, yeah. like. And then people say, well, he got a chance. He played. I'm like, well, yeah, it's left back. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like he, he wasn't playing. And then this was the funniest thing is during the world cup, everybody's watching him and Zayic. Right. And they're like, where are these players when they're at Chelsea? It's like, because you guys don't use them. Right. Yeah. Um, For both of those players. And I'm sure both those players enjoy their national team form more. Um, especially now that Zayic has, has kind of worked it out with the Morocco yeah. um, coach and everything. But that is what was so frustrating about, about that is he's just constantly the, the, like the scapegoat, you know, mm -hmm. he, he can play two minutes and they'll be like, well, see, he didn't score. And Mount goes 89 minutes and doesn't score. And they're like, well, then he's still our boy. And yeah. it it's so weird. It is just so weird. But my resolution was get healthy, right? So Reese James goes out there. He gets re-injured. That sucks. Ben Chilwell, you know, had been injured earlier this season. 
I feel like they've had just a ton of injuries the last couple seasons at the point where I'm like, investigate the injuries. Like, are we doing something wrong? You know, it, in like warmups, what is going on that causes all these injuries for Chelsea every year? But uh, get healthy. And I think like, obviously they're in eighth place. They're not going to get, I don't know. They're not going to get top three. So really their best chance is four or five for one of those European spots. And I just don't see it happening. So for me, it's kind of like a lost year. Get Potter acclimated to the team, right? We're going to back him because you forced out Tuchel to, to bring him in. And you you don't want to set the precedent that you are Abrahamovic. So you're not going to immediately mm-hmm. fire Potter. So you're going to back him. You're going to get the players he wants. And um, hopefully that includes putting Pulisic in a more you know, attacking position and get the most because we saw in in lockdown form how he was able to you know really help this team and uh how well he plays for the u.s yeah definitely i definitely agree i want him to succeed i don't want chelsea to succeed but i i feel like <laughs> it's always good to have a lot of competition in those top uh six top four six eight spots uh those yeah, are when's the fun. last time they even challenged for a title probably when they when they did win the title it's been a while, especially uh, with the advent of Liverpool and Manchester City. So something's got to change. And I think, you know, yeah, you're right. Starting stability off this year is a huge part. in, yeah. F- yeah. Building that momentum up, so to speak. Yeah, you're right. 16, 17. They won the title. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been <laughs> it's a while. Since then, fifth, third, fourth, fourth, third, eighth. Right yeah. Now. So, yeah, not great. Not, not great. Uh, but a team that. I just mentioned and also is ha- also having a bit of an off season is Liverpool. Uh, so Jordan Liverpool just just signed a new player uh, looking to kind of re replant their foot, so to speak, into this uh, title race and this uh, top four race, more likely. What, what do you think Liverpool should be doing into this 2023 uh, year? So I pulled a German reference here. I okay. put this is the resolution I have. Liverpool fans may hate me. I said, Das Reboot? Question mark. Okay. Uh, is it time to move on at some point? Uh, this is kind of similar to how Dortmund was when Klopp left, right? It, has he run his course here? Is he feeling it? Does he feel like he might have a shot at the Germany job? Like, is there wow. something else that he's going to be interested in instead of the U.S. men's national team job? Is, like, is there going to be something he's more <laughs> interested in than... You know, he's won everything he can really with Liverpool at this point. And this is such an uncharacteristic year for them. It's, there's just got to be something going on. I, I'm sure if he wants to be there, he'll still be there. So I'm not sure if like FSG is just going to be like, uh, nope, we're getting rid of him. Yeah. But I'm not sure if he you know, when he looks around and he sees FSG not being able to spend as much as some of these other clubs, um, they're looking to maybe sell now too. Right. So mm-hmm. there might be a transition thing that causes more issues. I don't know if he's just going to be ready to move on. They just haven't really been the same, um, the same old Liverpool at all. 
yeah i mean we, we say this but they also you know won trophies last season so it's not like mm-hmm. that they've fallen off too hard and he, he did sign a contract extension just uh this past year until 2026 so um, soccer contracts yes. rarely mean anything though and yes. that's what is so funny about this sport in particular yeah <laughs> with contracts they just like how many times have we seen like a player re-sign and then like five months later they're gone in january but it was to get a bigger transfer fee or something uh-huh, you know like right. uh, a little different with managers but sometimes you know they they get canned or depart all on their own yeah i i agree i agree I, i'm i'm still on, on the clop train in terms of him being there. if he wants to be there i, I think that he's still the man uh, for the job and I, I think a lot of their issues kind of stem from uh a reboot that was forced uh in their midfield actually we, we had some turnover in the midfield and my that's why my resolution is for liverpool to buy a midfielder and use that midfielder or whatever to make the champions league make the top four it, according to five or eight they're more than likely to uh qualify but still buying that midfielder is key for their success because you know you know Gakpo this nunez that whatever they have a lot of attacking talent some hyped up some not living up to the hype uh but i really don't think that the success that they'll face either this season or next season is their young attacking talent i think it is that midfield it's the reason why they're struggling relatively this season you know you have Navi Keita, curtis jones oxlade chamberlain they, they've been hampered with injuries this year henderson milner and tiago very good players getting old milner Keita, oxlade chamberlain are also out of contract at the end of the season and they're panic buy on deadline day, which I was confused about then, still confused about now. Uh, Artur, very, very injured, has not contributed at all. So I think they just need a midfield reboot, DOS reboot. And speaking of DOS reboot, I think they go uh, towards the German League, and I think they get Jude Bellingham. I think that's my pick for for them to kind of revamp their midfield. Maybe not this window, maybe they get another player, but... I think in order to refine the success that they're used to that you mentioned, I think they need an answer in the midfield. Maybe Jude Bellingham is too expensive, but Liverpool and FSG got a lot of money. So I don't know. That's, that's my pick. Well, and I'll just say something real quick with FSG is I think that they have money. Yes. But they're very weird about their money all right if i could say like as somebody that follows uh baseball Uh uh-huh as well here the fact that they've been losing so many of their players um homegrown players to other teams mookie betts goes to the dodgers uh we just had um uh, Bogerts go to San Diego. Like these are players that in, the old Red Sox would have signed longer deals with, and some of these players feeling a little slighted and going somewhere else. These people are billionaires. They should be able to afford yeah. these players. But I, I also see it from Liverpool a lot, where it doesn't feel like they spend as much as they probably should or can. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I've seen this now they're talking about maybe buying an NBA team or something or NHL team, something like that. Yeah. So. I, I'm not so sure they're fully in on like I want to. 
do the best we can here. I feel like they think whatever is serviceable will work. And that's why I think ultimately it's going to be up to Klopp if he wants to stay or not. But that's my worrying trend for, for Liverpool is you mentioned some of the ages of some of these players, right? Like Henderson and stuff. Do, do they have players waiting in the wings for those positions? Um, not really, right? They may have some youth, but sometimes those teams want to just go out and immediately try to buy somebody else. They might end up in a same similar situation as a team like United, where they start buying players that don't make sense at times. Uh-huh. Um, or maybe have the potential to flop. Um, I don't know. That's what I worry about with them because we're, we're seeing it happen with the Red Sox who were a playoff team in 2021 and finished lower than my Baltimore Orioles in 2022. Which I'm so, guessing is a bad sign, if I could presume. You, usually, yes. <laughs> the, the Orioles played pretty well this year. But yeah, nobody expected that to be the case. People were expecting the Red Sox to make the playoffs, and they're not investing in that team, which is where they get their name, Fenway Sports Group. So mm-hmm. it makes me wonder how much they're going to take Liverpool seriously right. enough. And yeah, there's something not right there. All right, all right. I... I I'm right there with you. I'm not. I'm also not a huge fan of of FSG as a lot of other Liverpool fans, not other Liverpool fans, are as well. So, you know, th- th- there's a lot. There's a lot on the horizon to look forward to, and also dread if you're a Liverpool fan. Uh, but speaking of a team that also sells a lot of their uh, young talent, not just Liverpool or not just the Red Sox, but also Leicester City, who are uh, the next team up not doing too well for themselves relative to where they've been in the past couple seasons. They find themselves in 13th place, just four points off of the relegation zone. So Jordan, what is Leicester city's resolution? Be more consistent. Is All what right. I, so he, here's what was interesting about trying to find something for Leicester city <laughs> is I had my own preconceptions going into this that didn't fit what I was seeing on the stats at all. So okay. they are top seven in possession and they actually have scored more goals than teams like Chelsea and United. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're 13th in the league table and they're even ranked third in clean sheets, but they still have a negative goal differential. Yikes. So, uh, not a lot of draws, lots of wins or losses. And that's where the consistency has got to come in. So I guess you could say they're consistent with not drawing a lot, but they need to get more consistent, right? They only have two draws all seasons. They have five wins and nine losses. And in some games, it's like four nil wins and others. It's like five, two losses. (laughs) And it's just very inconsistent across the board for Leicester city. So my thing would be be more consistent because you got good defensive stats from what I'm seeing here, Mm -hmm. but negative goal differential, which seems absurd that you can have, um, you know, a lot of clean sheets or whatever. Third and clean sheets and still have a negative goal differential is just absurd. And scoring more goals than Chelsea and United, which I felt like maybe Leicester wasn't scoring a lot, that I'm like, oh no, they're scoring pretty decently. Yeah. And they're actually holding on to the ball in a top seven. Like that is mind blowing. And they sit 13th. So for me, it's about being consistent, grinding out wins. And then if you're in winning positions, don't lose, at least draw, which they haven't had a lot of draws right. at all, like I said. So 
they're very wishy-washy team and that's kind of their problem yeah i i I definitely agree with their wishy-washy i think my solution is less grind out wins and more i i think this is the dos reboot team i i think this is the the blow it up team because i i think brendan rogers their manager i think lesser city have ridden him as far as they can realistically go with him and the squad uh together in a at this point unhappy marriage uh he's led to the the club's success in the past like an fa cup win but i don't really know like how much consistency you can find with well you look at this team and it's just it's just not very good uh, just a few years ago they had you know prime vardy prime schmeichel ndidi soyinuchu and now and fofana even and now they just they don't have those players or if they do have those players still Brent Rogers is either not getting the most out of them or they're older. Vardy is, you know, on the wrong side of 30 by quite a, a margin. And that's kind of hurting their output. They don't have as good of players all around. Ward is not a Premier League level goalkeeper, despite me having on having him on my FPL team. <laughs> Sometimes a lot of other players like Daka just aren't performing up to a Premier League level as well. Only a few players like Madison and Barnes are truly up to the level of uh, Lesser City. And even other players that are good like Tielemans, they're probably going to leave relatively soon. If not uh, this transfer window, then the next transfer window. And you have a lot of expiring contracts coming up. I just don't really see the purpose of trying to fix this team when the fix is to basically get an entire new team. And so if you're going to do a trust the process, DOS reboots, I think you need a new manager. I think you need to really look deep into these players and say, some of you aren't good enough. We got to rebuild over the next two or three seasons. And that's where I see Leicester City right now. I agree. I think that's a great one long term. I'm thinking this season, just get <laughs> consistent. Yeah. Make sure you stay up. Uh-huh. Right. Because uh, last year they kind of even flirted with that. Right. And uh, like they were they were kind of not their best last year. And um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I thought maybe Brendan Rodgers would have left when he had a little bit more stock. Right. When he had took yeah. Lester to like what, top four or five, something like that. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe from there you're like, OK. I've taken this team as far as I can, and I thought maybe he'd go somewhere like United and be able to have the carte blanche to do whatever he wants there. But yeah, unfortunately, he stuck around maybe just a little bit too long. Yeah, unfortunate, unfortunate. Uh, but now let's talk about a team that is actually doing really well for themselves. And maybe they did take that long term reboot to heart. It's Arsenal who find themselves in first place, leading the table with 14, 40 points. Uh, I can start off with this one. Uh, New Year's resolution for Arsenal. Pretty simple is find a solid replacement for Jesus. Jesus's goal contributions and hopefully win the whole thing. Uh, prior to Boxing Day, only Saka had as many goal contributions as Arsenal's new striker, Gabriel Jesus. Unfortunately, you know, he did get injured. Uh, he injured his knee during the World Cup and will be out for at least uh, two months more. A stretch of games where Arsenal will have to play Newcastle, Tottenham, Manchester United, Manchester City. It's not going to be easy at all. And Martinelli and Saka are really, really great. I have Martinelli in my FPL team. Love them to death. They're bringing in goals, but they're wingers. They're not strikers, and they need to find a way to answer this striker dilemma. 
Uh, it could come from the 23-year-old Eddie uh, Nketia. Yes, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Who scored against West Ham, albeit at this point it's not that you know, notable. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> but even beyond the goal, right? Arteta praised not just the goal, but his pressing and counterattacking. And if he can score at respectable rates while at the same time allowing players like Sock and Martinelli to find the space to score their own goals, assist their own goals, then Arsenal could, you know, see not much of a drop off from uh, Jesus. However, there are still very, very few healthy options for forwards on their bench. So Arsenal are going to have to transfer somebody in, uh, even if Nketiah does it pretty well. If they want to get the results over the next three months and hold on to the lead on top, they're going to need to find someone. They've been linked with uh, Shakhtar Donetsk's uh, Mudrik, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, And uh, from what I've seen, he's a really good player for them in the Champions League and uh in the domestic league but something has to happen or else like you we said with manchester city they're just gonna catch up because they have the best striker and that's what ends up winning titles so that's what i think arsenal should be doing in 2023 yeah we had pretty much the same thing i said reinforcements right i said you need somebody because jesus is out people either need to step up or you're gonna need to bring in somebody and if you're gonna try to stay ahead of manchester city you're going to have to bring in somebody because guess what? Manchester city probably going to still bring in players in January, even though they have like the deepest squad. So you you need to be able to keep up with that. And it's cool to see them at the top of the table right now. But how many times have we seen a team have a huge lead on city? And then by like March or April, it's gone and city have like a nine point lead. It's insane how Mm -hmm. sometimes that quickly it was like what last year or two years ago where city were hanging down near the bottom for like the first seven games and then they shoot up and then they still won the league by like 10 points. So that's kind of where my whole patience thing with city came in is I I can't doubt them anymore. I can't laugh at them for not being first because they're going to take it over, but it's cool to see Arsenal up there. It's my dad's team. So, uh, you know, the fact that he's happy, um, I'm in a giving mood because of this holiday season. Okay, so I'll let I like him have it. first. I like it. Right now. <laughs> All right. That, that's awesome. And yeah, yeah, I mean, you're completely right. Uh, that was the Liverpool actually that found themselves on top uh, on Christmas on Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. And it, the funny stat here is Liverpool are the only team in the last 10 years to lead at uh, Boxing Day and end up losing the Premier League title. And it happened against Manchester City. And I think. Oh, it was when Steven Gerrard uh, slipped, I think. It slipped in 2013. Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, Arsenal could be the second team. It's looking good for them statistically, but a lot can change. But what we also, like you said, what we also have to take in consideration is that there's less games played by Christmas this year than usual. So that might be an outlier at, at the end of it. Yeah. The stats might be lying, but hopefully... Hopefully for Arsenal's sake and a lot of our listeners who, for some reason, like Arsenal because they're <laughs> stupid and crazy. Uh, hopefully for their sake, they're. I they're saw them work. when they came into town. They played at Baltimore. We went for my dad. Um, oh, wow, they yeah. played Everton um, at uh, at the Raven Stadium. And it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Arsenal really impressed me that day because, hey, Zeus looked good. Saka looked really good. Uh-huh. And I'm always really impressed with Saka. So, um, yeah. Yeah. 
it was against Everton and Minnesota United also. <laughs> yes, and, 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 yeah. <laughs> beat Everton. Yeah. So Everton did not look good that game. I'll tell no. you that much. Yeah, well, <laughs> they had Deli Alley still, and he, oh, he's wow. getting booed in Turkey, isn't he? Yeah, that yeah against like third division Turkish sides. It's not looking mm. good for him. It's also not looking good for Nottingham Forest, which is our next team. Uh, they find themselves in 19th place. I don't think anybody really thought Nottingham Forest was going to stay up, but. Jordan, what is your New Year's resolution for the former championship side? Probably going to be future championship side. You could probably pick anything out of a hat at this point, right? With how bad they've played. But I chose get better on the road. Okay. Uh They only have two points on the road the whole the whole season. They have a negative 21 goal differential on the road compared to negative one at home. Yeah, okay. It's terrible. They're ranked 19th in goal scored, and they're also ranked 19th in conceded. Um, so while I would say get better on the road, I'm also thinking maybe they should pack their bags because they're already on the road <laughs> down to the championship. Yep. But it sucks because I really like Nottingham. I've done FIFA careers with them. You know, when you look at them and they have two Champions League wins, you know, like titles, you know, in their history. Uh, back in the old days and mm. they're one of those historic clubs that I'd love to see do well and I was happy to see them promoted but they're just not they're not ready yeah I agree I mean I, I can keep this short because it's basically the same thing as you start winning away from home but maybe yeah pack out your bags I my news resolution simply put was go out respectfully and start rebuilding early uh, you said basically everything I was going to say uh I'll add that they have a bunch of players on short-term deals, most notably uh, uh, Jesse Lingard, yes, which is smart because you don't want to be tied up with uh, overly expensive players that will just drain your budget in a championship season. So I think that their best bet is to start investing in players that will be important for them next season that they'll keep on uh, in the championship, maybe get them some experience, maybe get them into a system and start rebuilding their team whether and even if that means steve cooper leaves and like so be it but start thinking about how to use this really important Premier league money use the using the really important parachute payments that you get from being relegated from mm-hmm. the Premier league which allows relegated teams to have kind of a financial uh shortfalls to fall back on and figure out ways to reinvest that into your current squad and into your future squad because there's I really don't think they're staying up, so you might as well do that, unfortunately. But them's the breaks, I suppose. Them is the <laughs> breaks. We have another team that is newly promoted that we'll be talking about as well, and that is a Fulham kind of down the road from Chelsea. So, Jordan, what do you think Fulham should be doing in 2023? Keep doing what they're doing. All right, I like right? it. They are pretty evenly split away from home um, and home. Uh, like their their stats are their goals conceded, their goals scored, their wins, all that stuff is you almost dead even. Their top six of goals per match, which is pretty good, and they're about middle of the pack for conceded. Um, but so far, I really like what they're doing. So I say just keep up what they're doing. And they might not be a yo-yo club this year. You know, they've Let's kind go. of been in that they've kind of been in that area where they get promoted and then they get immediately relegate it. And I think Mitrovic is finally meeting his level here. Mm-hmm. There was what the one season he scored like 40 goals or whatever in the championship. He comes up and then like 
did terrible in the Premier League, they go yeah. down. And this year he's doing better. And I, I don't know. I think I really like where this team's going so far. Nice. My resolution is keep Tim Ream forever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Even though he, he signed the extension, he's doing good. He scored his first goal for the team. Yes, it was a good goal. It was a good goal. Might have been a handball on Mitrovic, but, you know, we count those. We, we count those. <laughs> uh, no, for real, my, my uh, resolution is basically the same as yours. I feel like uh, we're reaching the teams where it's kind of just, you know, mid-table. Just got to keep on building. Uh, my resolution was survive reinvest with solid transfers and hit 23 24 off with a bang because we remember what fulham was like in 1819 right when they got promoted and they spent like a hundred million and sucked so badly this is this is not the same team like this is this is a different team this is a different uh, strategy that they're going with they brought on a lot of smart signings uh, Willian on a free Paul Paulina for 20 million Andres Pereira who's been really really good for them for 10 million like the margins are relatively small but they have the talent to survive and like I said with the parachute payments and all of that the television money is even better so if they can survive and use that television money like the ability that they have to continue with these smart transfers and invest really really smartly will allow them to instead of you know being a yo-yo club get themselves to be a solid mid-table team come their sophomore year next season so that's our resolution with fulham i'm proud of you guys keep on doing the the good work and hopefully it means that chelsea can lose some more games against fulham and also (laughs) i feel like west ham always gets free points from fulham or maybe i'm mis mis remembering but I, I do enjoy what, having them. What I'll team. say about Fulham too is that this is the Fulham I remember, right? Like right. when I was when I was watching games like in high school and out of high school, this was the Fulham with Dempsey. Mm-hmm. They were uh, not always in the relegation battles. They weren't always <laughs> going up and down. In fact, I think it was a while until they went down and then they kind of started bouncing around. And uh, you know, they were even in a Europa League final. With, yeah. with Dempsey against Juventus like this is this is good if they can kind of stay up this year maybe they can kind of become a club like a Leicester City you know who was down for such a long time they finally came up and then they stayed up and they got stability mm-hmm. you know that's the kind of club that that Fulham need to be again all right yeah I 100% agree I'd love to see that I I wasn't following soccer as closely during the Clint Dempsey Fulham era. I I I saw there'd be like some clips online and stuff during that time. I'd, I'd be watching and I was like, I was like, this guy, this guy rules. This team rules. Craven College is a beautiful, beautiful stadium. Uh, I'm old enough to uh, have been watching on a stream because it wasn't available in the U.S. Wow. Uh, the Fulham Juventus <laughs> Europa League final. I was watching bits of that. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm wondering what stories I'll be telling young people ten years from now, where I'm like, <laughs> oh, we had to, uh, we had to watch on on streams. Like there, there wasn't like we, we there had to was watch an app and, like, called Peacock, and yeah. we had to have it. <laughs> yeah, it, all the soccer wasn't on just like one central app owned by Amazon yet. You know, <laughs> all the, all this stuff. So, yeah. Uh, but another team that has like really found stability recently, thanks in part to Saudi Arabian oil money, is Newcastle United, who find themselves now in third place, really doing well for themselves. Jordan, Newcastle United, what should they be doing this coming year? 
Keep Almarone hot. Yes, yes. Keep him hot. He's playing so well. All he needed was Jack Grealish to make fun of him, and he's going on <laughs> this Absolutely. season. Uh, you know, he was part of the part of the game this weekend that they won too. So he's, you know, doing well. I think he's finally fitting in there. Um, and he was a signing from before they were bought. So yeah, you know, yes, they're going to have money. I feel like we haven't really seen the the fruit bearing from that yet. And the fact that they're in third place is impressive. They were at second when I was writing this because it was before the city game. Yeah. Um, with only one loss, like they have one, they have less losses than Manchester city at this point. Mm -hmm. So that's impressive in upon itself. Um, so keep Almarone hot. And I think this team can, can do well. And if they can keep building this lead, there's no reason they can't finish top four. Which would yeah. be amazing. Like, I remember as well, like, Newcastle was a historic club when I was watching. They weren't always as good as they are appearing now. Mm -hmm. They were always more like mid-table when I was watching. Um, like, when I first started watching. And they've kind of started dropping lower and lower. And they kind of became a yo-yo club for a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, just... uh Keep Almarone hot and you should be good to go. Awesome. You're really optimistic for Newcastle and I'm kind of the same way. I think that their New Year's resolution, their goal should be to get at least Europa spots. They have a 50% chance going to 538 to get Champions League, which is, you know, unheard of in this day and age. And after all is said and done in the summer, they need to sign a statement player because they're on a blistering hot streak. We all know this. Their third, uh, I love their roster construction. I've said it before, but I really like that their transfer philosophy after the takeover was to get solid role players that fit around statement players instead of what sometimes happens after takeovers like Manchester City, just buy all like the hot players of like the season, any player that's in vogue, get them. And instead they get, you know, Premier League veterans like Nick Pope, Matt Target, Daniel Byrne, Chris Wood, Kieran Trippier. And, you know, players that are very good uh, to their credit, but aren't game changers, aren't people, aren't what players you would think of as like being the top of the Premier League. But they get them to fit around younger star players that they get, like Sven Botman, Alexander, uh, Isak. And this isn't to mention the amazing play from like, you know, players like Miguel Almiron that you mentioned, St. Maximin, Callum Wilson, right? I think that this sustainable transfer model is good. And that's as far as I'll go in praising, you know, their team. I'm not going to say anything about their ownership. I'm going to say whatever. But I think the goal should be continue this upward trajectory, get Europa or realistically even Champions League. And either this window or next, sign another statement player that will, you know, steadily increase the talent level of the team. Christian Pulisic was uh, linked to them. And I think... I don't want him to move to Newcastle. I think having him in Chelsea where he consistently gets Champions League uh, experience is good. But at the same time, he kind of does fit the role as of a young statement player that they can build their attacking identity around. I See, I'm the opposite. I, I think he should go to Newcastle. Okay. I okay. think that in a few years, they're going to be the ones consistently getting the Champions wow. League football. Chelsea is not going to be able to have the funds to be able to keep spending the way that Newcastle and City will, and that's going to be two out of the four spots yeah. right there. So, 
I think he should go there. Um, I think he has to get more playing time. And so far, it doesn't seem like Chelsea ever, no matter who the coach is, wants to give it to him at this rate. Um, and, you know, it, it is tough because of ownership. But really, mm-hmm. if you start digging into any of these owners, it's going to get <laughs> problem. Like we've had to deal with City yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? And, and we're going to have to deal with Newcastle as it because at this point, it doesn't seem like the Premier League or the government is going to stop step in and stop this from ever happening. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Unfortunate, but you know, if it means Christian Pulisic can get minutes, it's all worth it. No, yeah, <laughs> spend as much Saudi money as you want. Yeah, no, no. But it, on the field, it is an interesting team. I have to admit, I, I do find s- s- some some. Some gross I, I, pleasure watching this team. Yes, I love their history too. I love their yes. kit with the red and white stripes. So I mean the black and white stripes. So I, I, it's one of the first kits I bought. I actually bought a purple oh, nice. one, not the black and white one. But I bought one of those when I went to visit my sister and uh, who lived in England for a bit. So uh, nice. they do have a special spot in my heart, and it kind of sucks they were bought by um, oil money. But yeah, well, good for the, the players, I guess. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, from the northeast, let's move to the south shore and talk about AFC Bournemouth, who aren't in the relegation zone. Actually, they're in 14th place with 16 points, only three points off, but still, you know, maybe doing a bit better than what people uh, thought they'd be doing. I could start off this uh, this resolutions with my resolution, which is capitalize on the winter transfer window. Bournemouth only spent 23 million pounds this summer, which it was fine because they found a lot of really good value in free transfers, bringing in you know some players that were able to contribute. But now they have a new ownership group. Uh, this kind of fell under the radar for me, but probably because the World Cup was literally happening. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they have a new ownership group headed by American Bill Foley, and now they have money t- to bolster their squad. They've given up a league worst 34 goals. So the focus of this transfer window, I think, obviously, is to help bolster their defense. Uh, at the same time, though, I think their transfer philosophy really has to be centered around getting players like uh, probably they're signing the season so far. Uh, Tavernier, if, if I believe is how you pronounce that, uh, who they bought this past summer. Young, talented, while at the same time on friendly deals team friendly deals which is really important if you are a newly promoted side which very realistically could go back down to the championship mentioned that with nottingham forest uh so if they do get relegated they aren't they aren't tied down to contracts that are too expensive for the championship i think if they invest smartly this winter it'll really set them up for success this season and the next season whether that's in the championship or hopefully for them uh for the cherries i believe their nickname is uh in the premier league so that's where I think Bournemouth uh, should be focusing their energy in. Also owned by Michael B. Jordan, right? He's part I, owner of it. Yes, yes, <laughs> which is crazy. But hey, it, when, when I think about Michael B. Jordan, I think of AFC Bournemouth. So yes, <laughs> now I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you kind of threw me off because I forget that they start with AFC, and I was like, we're about to talk Richmond here. No, <laughs> Going to talk yeah. about Ted Lasso. Um, no, my uh, my resolution was stop the leaks. You know, okay, we just yeah, kind of yeah. talked about it with the defense. They're mid table, even though they're like three points above bottom. Um, but their goals conceded per match is ranked rock bottom. So right. they just got to got to stop the leaks and uh, maybe they can buy some defenders. Yeah, hopefully that is the hope. 
speaking of defenders, a team that I think did well with getting defenders this year is Tottenham Hotspur, the last big six team that we'll be talking about. And they find themselves in a relatively comfortable position right now. You know, I, I think they'll definitely get European spots. But with 16 games played and 30 points, they find themselves right on the precipice of getting Champions League and also crashing out of Champions League. So Jordan, Tottenham, love them or hate them, they're, they're going to be uh, up there. So what do you think they should be doing in 2023? Well, I don't have as much of the faith as you do because I've seen this okay. team constantly hang That's around fourth true. and fall out of it all the time. But I'm going to say what they need to do is learn how to score away from home because they give up the same amount of goals away from home and at home, but they've scored nine goals less. Same amount of games played. So if they can just start scoring away from home, I think they'll get some more wins and that could cement their Champions League spot. All right. All right. Quick into the points, but very, very true. Uh, I, I, I like how you kind of went on the field. I went very much off the field and I said, Keep Kane and lean in on Conte's guys. Uh, I feel like Spurs have a really unique ability to look impressive while at the same time look very disappointingly miserable. The Brentford game is a great example of that. Uh, and keeping Kane this summer is a, is a really important way to make sure that they aren't miserable. Yeah, if I'm Newcastle, I'm dropping, I don't know, <laughs> 200 million on Kane or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm sure he'd love to go to London from London to Newcastle, but uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I feel like, like, literally every single summer, there's a new rumor of Kane mm-hmm. moving to City, moving to, I don't know, maybe Newcastle, moving to United, something. And keeping him happy, keeping him productive is key to their success. But speaking of productive, I think a large part of their success this season is that Conte's transfers from this past summer have been really key to the success. Uh, Langley and Perisic, who I've been very much fans of in the defense, have been amazing. Uh, one of them's alone, one of them's free. It's great business. Kulosevsky on the wing has been enamoring. I've been a big fan of his play. And Bentancourt in the midfield has been the glue, and his injury right now is a very, very large reason why they have been kind of disappointing. Obviously, not every transfer has been good. Bissouma, who I put <laughs> pretty much all my, my house on being very good, has been very disappointing, and Richarlison has not lived up to his transfer value. But... The bottom line is Daniel Levy has to let Conte cook because he, I think he does bring in very good players who fit a system and get points. So that is my belief in Tottenham. Hopefully they don't burn me and hopefully they play badly when they play West Ham, I guess is also what I'm going to say. Just having flashbacks whenever anybody uses the let this person cook makes me think of Russell Wilson and how bad that turned out. So (laughs) I just think it's, I can't ever (laughs) shake off the let Russ cook. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully for Spurs fans sake, they turns out differently. (laughs) Yeah. It turns out differently. Uh, but speaking of maybe a star player not doing as well, well, he's doing well. I'm talking about Ivan Tony and Brentford. But there's uh, some things on the 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 horizon that might lead him to not even not even cooking, but not even getting into the kitchen is a, a large metaphor that I'm using for some reason. Uh, <laughs> More <laughs> like start, behind bars, right? Behind <laughs> bars. I saw. Yeah. C- cooking in the prison kitchen, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so Brentford obviously is a team that find themselves mid table, you know, 
it was a feel good story last year. And my resolution is find game changers beyond Tony. Ivan Tony, English striker, great player, 11 goals for Brentford. And he's a very large reason why they're pushing towards the top half of the season. However, he's been bagged for putting uh, 262 bets on soccer games, which may slash will lead to some amount of suspension, at least. So Brentford will need to find a goal threat beyond him. He has 13 goals plus assists. The next player, which is actually uh, three tied players, has just four goal contributions. It's kind of a one-man show in Brantford right now. Obviously, Raya, Mbuemo, Norgard, Jensen, they're all been good. But if Tony gets suspended or injured, leaves the club, or simply just like runs out of form, they kind of have to find a game changer. I don't know who that's going to be, but from now until the end of the season, they're going to need to find an answer to, can we exist as a successful club without Ivan Tony bagging in goals every single week? And that's my take on Brentford. Jordan, what do you think? Funny, I had the same thing. I said, you need more than just Tony. 11 goals scored with second best being three. So you talk about four goal contributions. That means the person has three goals and like what, one assist then? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Um, So not great. And you can talk about, and actually this might be a good podcast episode for you, for you two, is if you're talking about the business side of things, sports gambling. Right. Because when you're talking about like it's always been big over there. Uh, Like I remember when I visited in 2010, it was the year of the World Cup. I'm walking down streets and they just have tons of sports books, Uh you know, to like take bets. They always had commercials for it. We're seeing a huge increase of that over here. With the gambling apps, DraftKings, all this stuff, it just came to Maryland and they're giving out like. Oh, yeah. you know, hey, spend five dollars and you get two hundred free dollars to gamble on here. And yeah. what that's going to be is either the times are going to have to change and you allow players to gamble. We're starting to see NFL players having issues with it uh-huh. with Calvin Ridley. Because what happens is they're going to start gambling when they're young, right, because it's easy on an app. And when it becomes to a time where they're playing professionally they're going to think, why should it be a problem? Because I've done this my whole life. I'm, I'm not betting on games I'm playing in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You're immediately putting this thought in their minds. Every sports podcast, every sports talk show are talking about betting lines and right, ra- you know, all this kind of stuff yeah. and the odds. And it's just so ingrained in our culture. Now mm-hmm. it's going to become a problem uh, for people having addictions yeah, because people get addicted. So it might you might say, why are you even gambling, Ivan Tony? Well, he might be addicted. There might be other issues right. at play here than just betting on something stupid, right? <laughs> and we're gonna see a huge influx of that with more and more young players as they grow up in a world where you don't have to travel to Vegas or Atlantic City to place a bet. Yeah, I agree. You're right. Ivan Tony might be a product of some other societal issue that the soccer world has not come into a reckoning for speaking of reckoning Aston Villa are kind of in a reckoning right now with a new head coach Unai Emery so Jordan they find themselves mid-table probably could be doing better might be they might be able to do worse so who knows where they should be Jordan what what should they be doing for the rest of the season and beyond to succeed don't concede too much away from home which is currently what they're doing um 
I think they should have more clean sheets with a keeper who won the Golden Glove at a World Cup. Yeah. And I also want to say he didn't deserve to win the Golden Glove at the World Cup. All right. Uh, Stat-wise. Yeah. Um, but I'll die on that hill. Uh, but I do like what they did by bringing in Unai Emery. Um, so I think you just got to give him time. Uh, honestly, if we're looking down the road, I think you give Emery time to get it sorted out. But he's got to sort out the defense when they're away. Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I like that because I want the opposite. I said he has to figure out the offense because I, I feel like Watkins and Ings and Bailey and Buendia, they're good players. They're not really meshing right now. Uh, it's it's kind of been a little bit frustrating uh, seeing this this Aston Villa team struggle, especially after they got a debut. He got a debut win uh, over Manchester United. Uh, Unai Emery mm-hmm. did. But, you know, Ollie Watkins has struggled. Fitting him in with Ings and Leon Bailey in his 4-4-2 has caused a little bit of headache. Uh, but there's definitely some potential there. Villa beat Brighton before the World Cup break. Thanks to uh, an Ings brace, I believe. And Watkins was pretty dangerous against Liverpool getting a goal. So I think Emery needs to find out a way to use Ings and Watkins together. I think they're the strike force that gets the most done. And find a new role for Bailey because he's good at like creating chances. If you look at his stats, he's not really good at scoring chances or, you know, even getting really good shots off. So putting him on the wing or something like he's going to have to figure out a way to kind of infuse this offense with some with some new identity in my mind i like that with us giving two totally different answers he's got a lot to figure out (laughs) yeah and i guess that makes sense it's it's the reason why uh he 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 was brought in in, yeah (laughs) halfway through the season so yeah uh speaking of a a team that is you know brought in a, a a manager halfway through the season it's southampton uh, Nathan Jones came in for Haas and Hoodle. They are bottom of the league. It's not looking too good right now. So, Jordan, what does Southampton need to do to hopefully get out of the relegation zone? Well, they brought in the new manager. They got to back him. They got to give him time. Because as similar to Wolverhampton, this is the other team I was talking about, they moved through managers way too quickly. Yes. So, um... You know, with the way Southampton operates, they usually, what, sometimes get rid of a manager a year, right? So, uh, I don't know. I think they'll always kind of find themselves in this predicament if they keep um, if they keep going the way they're doing. And don't lose 9 nothing to somebody this year, right? Because yeah. uh, that's usually a thing for them as well. Yeah, that's definitely been tough. And I, I absolutely agree. This is, this is not a really good... Uh, team right now i think they need to back uh nathan jones a little bit i do have some trepidations about him yeah he, he was appointed new head coach of southampton in november and after the world cup break southampton came back recently and they look pretty much still terrible uh something that's really interesting to note is that they have a league worth six points at home, which is just as much points as they have away from home too. So they just can't get it done at home away. They came out turgid anywhere. And la- that's why yeah. they're bottom. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Makes sense. Right. Uh, but they came out turgid and lazy against Brighton and Jones did not really seem overly bothered. I'm not really familiar with him as a manager, so I can't really say that if that's his personality or if he really thinks that everything's going to be okay. 
But I guess Brighton, I really couldn't pick out what Jones wanted to do. It seemed like every player was out on his own, clueless of what was expected out of themselves and the team as a whole. And that atmosphere at this club, both in the fans and also, you know, in the in the players eyes if i can you know psychoanalyze people from just their facial experience expressions seems pretty negative and so jones needs to turn that around also just need to find a new identity which is my resolution is find a, a a real identity and hopefully get a good striker out of that as well because obviously identity is important but shay adams is their leading goal scorer and he only has four goals as a striker which is not good enough so either he needs to step it up or they need to find a good goal scoring threat and yeah i i'm not actually that confident in southampton uh not getting relegated i think if i had to pick like three teams it would be like everton nottingham forest and maybe southampton i don't know what you think about that i yeah i think there's four teams realistically that have the most chances and it's the bottom four. And I'm kind of flipping between Wolves and Everton sure. right now for hanging in there. But I think Nottingham and Southampton are pretty DOA. Yeah. Uh, speaking of a team that has historically uh, been a little, a little bit of a relegation, lower mid table team and finds himself mid table. Once again, it's crystal palace. Jordan, not much to say about Crystal Palace uh, in my mind, I guess. Actually, there's a bit of things that, a uh, bit of notes that I have for Crystal Palace, but 19th, 19 points, 15 games played in 11th place. What does Crystal Palace need to do to hopefully take it to the next level? Uh, they need to score more goals, is what I All have right. here, because they're giving up more than they're scoring per match, stat-wise, and that's leading to their negative goal differential, of course. That's how that works. Uh, so while they're hanging on right now, if this keeps up, they're not going to survive. Um, and you might see them drop even further down. So um, they're doing good, right? They're 11th, but they're still only five points or six points above relegation. That's a quick swing, right? If right. Once these teams start playing each other, or you know, some of these teams keep moving up and down and that's a little worrisome. They've scored 15 goals, which is more in line with the teams at the bottom of the table than the teams in the middle of the pack who are scoring, you know, Brentford 25, who sit mm -hmm. above them, Aston Villa 17 below them. Uh, a lot of teams with 27, 25, 18, 23 all around them. But those teams that are really in trouble are scoring 11, 10, 12, 14. That's all closer to their range. So if they can score yeah. some more goals, they'll be in a better position. Mm -hmm. The trends are definitely not trending in their favor. So they definitely have to get some get some better stats on the board here and i think a large part of that goes to my resolution for uh this team which is to basically buy veteran reinforcements uh i think it's no mystery that crystal palace in the last couple of years have bought a lot of high potential young players as a edward guahi michelle uh american defender chris richards as well uh, so it makes sense from like a manager's point of view patrick Vieira's point of view that you need strong leaders on your team to like kind of pull together a very young team and push them to win. But the veteran players that you would think would succeed, like Ayu, Zaha, Tompkins, Schlupp, they've all been buns, if I'm being honest. You know, both both on the field and off the field. They're Is that a term? Is that like new slang? Buns? 
buns? I, They've been buns? I've never I, heard that. I, I, I've used that before. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're like butt, or you can call them bums with a, with a M. They're, with they're an bad. M, yes. Yeah. That's what my grandfather calls players. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, like, and they have been buns, you know? They're arguing with each <laughs> other on the field. There's no real communication. And worst of all, Vieira isn't you know benching them he's still playing them despite the fact that they're also bad on the field too they're not getting a lot of goals they're not creating a lot of chances like you said they're one of three teams that lost the last place nottingham forest this year and yet he puts out basically the same lineup against fulham as he did against forest i think that they need veteran leaders and not just ones that are usually good like saha but are actually good for the locker room they need leadership, and that includes from the manager to have the cojones to bench players that aren't pulling their weight, so to speak. Yeah, I remember being impressed by uh, Vieira this at like the beginning of the season. They yeah, were doing like pretty well, too, and then yeah. they, and then they just and last season, and they just sort of have kind of hit a skid. If you look at November 9th, they lost to Crystal Palace in the EFL Cup. They lose to Nottingham in the league. Um, you know, just that's two straight issues there, and then losing to Fulham and getting two red cards. Yeah, uh, in that game, it's killer. Uh, so yeah. you wonder about discipline, and you wonder about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. how how the locker room is, and you know, hopefully, uh, Vieira can get it sorted out. Yeah, the the nice thing is it means more minutes for Chris Richards because presumably he he'll have yeah. to start. Yeah, he'll have to start, right? Because they got some... some right. He started last game, right? But uh, where did he play? He no, played, he, for he, sure. He played. He had to get he came in, in late, because, right? because of, of the, the two red cards. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And at that point, what is, you know, what's he going to do? Just not give up another goal or or not get another red, right? Like, Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. And he'll get minutes. He'll be a better defender than the people that got red cards. Yeah. Well, that leads us to our final team that we'll be talking about. A team that I have quite a much disdain, not because they're a bad team, just because they always happen to get the better of West Ham United, and that is Brighton and Hove mm. Albion. Unfortunately for me, West Ham still have not beaten them while they're in the Premier League, so I guess my resolution would be for, for them to lose to West Ham. But Jordan, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll let you do the honors for leading in this last team. I didn't which, even know that was uh, a stat line that you had. They yep. haven't beaten brighton since they've been in the premier league That's yes Bright, brighton came up uh in the 2017-18 season and west wow. ham since That's then four years yeah have not e- even won a game against them they've drawn mm-hmm. or more likely have lost so that's yeah. crazy. What I have for Brighton is they got to play better at home. They're they're pretty evenly split, honestly. It's 11 points at home, 13 on the road. And while it's good to be getting 13 points on the road, I feel like at home you have to be doing better. They have three wins, two draws, two losses at home, and four wins, one draw, three losses away. Um, so So mine would be kind of focusing more on how are they doing? You know, they're sitting seventh, right? They're 24 points. That's one less than Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But if they were playing just a little bit better at home, they'd be so close to fifth place. Yeah. Um, and this, this is one of those teams that, you know, was it earlier this year or last year where they were like top two, top three yeah, for the first good. few weeks of the season and then just plummet down to that mid table. 
Um, so that's what I would say is that you have to do better at home. That's your home territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. You know, and they have cool. Arsenal coming up at home. They'll be playing at home against Arsenal, uh, who's top of the league. So that's going to be uh, interesting this New Year's Eve. Yeah, quite the challenge, and it, it it plays into the old adage: you gotta you gotta win at home and at least draw away, and that's yep. how you that's how you win. Uh, but and, oh, real quick, plus side for them at right after Arsenal, they get Everton, so they'll probably yeah, get another three points yeah. there. I was really afraid you're gonna say <laughs> West Ham. I was like, oh god, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, when's that? But then after that, they play Liverpool and then they play Leicester, so they kind of got like a good team, then a bad team, a good team, then an okay team. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. Yeah, it looks like they, they they play West Ham Saturday, March fourth. So I'll, I'll be circle that one. Yeah, I'll circle. I'll, I'll be on. I'll be on spring break. So hopefully, I won't have to think about that too much. <laughs> Ruin your mood on yeah. spring break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to to your point of you know getting some more uh goals and stuff, getting some more wins at home. My 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 final resolution for this final team is let Deserby cook. You know, we, <laughs> we already I already said it before. You gotta let him cook. Uh. Uh, Roberto Deserbi took over Brighton after you know Graham Potter left in September and turned a pretty poor start in all honesty into most recently four victories in the last six games in all competitions. Uh, he has built on the tactics that Potter has left him, and he's been getting the most out of players like McAllister, who had a really good World Cup, Trossard in the attack as well, Casado and Gross in the misfield, Estupinan and Dunk in the defense, and they're really steadily improving. And so much so that, you know, you know, if, if they do a little bit better at home, like you said, they could be going towards that European spots. But the bottom line is, in my mind, Deserby needs to be given the freedom in order to adapt the game more. Because I, I think it's working for this team. Get more out of the players and in this season, let him have the freedom and also in the transfer window, because I think that if he goes into a philosophy goes into a, a tactical mindset that he believes will work from what i've seen so far it'll pay dividends going forward for brighton to the dismay of west ham fans everywhere and so yeah it's a good point you know he he took over for Graham potter who is highly renowned and look you know sought after for chelsea and yeah. um immediately just kind of hit the ground running it's great yeah, for sure, for sure. And that conc- and sits above them. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I, I'm hoping, you know, I, I'm hoping that it leads to a more diversified top seven, top eights. I'm hoping more so that West Ham claw their way back up there, but it's it's good for the league. It's good for the league that there are a lot of teams that have chances to get European spots to potentially, you know, qualify for the Champions League, win the title in Arsenal's case. So very good to see. Jordan, that is it for our 20-team uh, resolution preview for 2023. Obviously, these these episodes take a long time because we're talking about 20 different teams mm-hmm. in depth, giving our opinions on them. So uh, I thank you for coming on here, doing your, your own research, and having, you know, really good opinions on these teams. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you. You know what? 20 teams, a little easier than talking about what, like 27, 28 for MLS right now. Yeah. (laughs) um, (laughs) Sometimes I'm looking at these teams like, oh, this is it. This is all we got. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, thanks for having me. It was good to 
good to be on here and talk to you because, you know, I talked to AJ quite, a, I mean, I talk, sorry, I talked to Jack quite a bit <laughs> because of, uh, he's, he's been helping me out with some of my other podcasts. So, uh, always good to sit down with yeah. you, AJ as well. Yeah, no, it's all, it's awesome to have you here. We're going to have to have you on eventually. Uh, m- maybe we come on, uh, your podcast again, like we did last season. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah, we'll need a Minnesota preview for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of those podcasts, um, why don't you why don't you give us the the rundown of the the ones that you at least want to mention here? Because I know there's a lot like the Twitter. Where yeah, to find yeah. Them. I'll, I'll I'll give you like uh three or four here. Okay? <laughs> um, the, my most consistent ones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some of them are a little inconsistent, but we have a stateside soccer show. So if you liked talking or hearing me talk soccer. Stateside show on Twitter at Stateside show uh, that is on all platforms. Technically at Stateside show, I was lucky and blessed enough to have the same um, handle for each nice. <laughs> for each one. And as soon as YouTube introduced handles, I immediately claimed it as well. So yeah. we're at Stateside show on all the social medias. Um, it's me and my former roommate, Logan, and we are talking about uh, MLS, uh, U.S. Men's National Team. We were kind of on a break this week due to him traveling and mm-hmm. taking a break after the World Cup, where we where we course, covered the course. whole World Cup. So that was exhausting and uh, a lot of fun. And then you know Jack has joined me on our Disney themed podcast, which is called um, Behind the Dreams. And I'm a former Disney cast member, so I bring a little bit of a guess unique perspective that's on twitter at bt disney podcast yeah you can find us on you know spotify itunes on behind the dreams yeah um and then just i run a marvel podcast that jack has come on a few times as well called uh to the infinity saga and beyond um where we talk all things mcu and other marvel comics and that's at uh, to infinity saga and then i did a spin-off of that where we talked dc comics called elseworlds which is at elseworlds dc fan awesome yeah well again thank you for coming always good to uh hear your opinions on soccer and hear what new podcasts uh, <laughs> <What> <laughs> you, you're starting yeah. yeah yeah i gotta work on another one i should I should start thinking up some new ones. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the topic is. Just got to, you just got to keep on adding. Them. <laughs> just got to keep adding to the empire. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks again, Jordan, for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks again to Jordan for joining me on this podcast. If you'd like to hear more from him and the Stateside show and all other podcasts he does, uh, links will be down below in the description. If you want to hear more about the final third podcast and the things that we have to do, we released the first episode of our revamped, reformatted show last week. And you can check all of those episodes out at finalthirdshow.com. We talk about the legacy of the World Cup, a really good listen, in my humble opinion. You'll also find us on Twitter at Final Third Show. If Twitter so happens to go down in flames, we'll be other places as well. But definitely check out our website first and foremost for all the information there. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Tell your friends about the show. Word of mouth always helps. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he would love to hear about all the cool stuff happening in the Premier League. We'll see you guys same time, same place next Monday for our final third episode. See ya. This is where Jack would say bye for now. Bye.